0: live interactive and here to assist you if you need help dealing with addiction mental health challenges and more this is road to recovery with your host yona bud only on 640 toronto And good evening and welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, I'm Yona Bud. I'll be your host this evening with uh, Loretta and Devon in the studio. Uh, thank you for uh, choosing 640. I know you have other choices and we're so glad you joined us tonight. So listen, you uh, you and your partner decide that you're going to spend some money, uh, maybe get a loan, uh, borrow money from family, whatever. You're going to build a really nice patio in the back of the house and uh, put in a nice barbecue, maybe put in a, a cover, some kind of umbrella maybe just to keep you nice and cozy if it rains or whatever, and you decide after spending thousands of dollars of building this patio that you're going to have a nice party for some of your friends. So you call 12 of your closest friends and uh, invite them over for a beautiful backyard barbecue, uh, ask everybody if they can make it. Everybody says, sure, we'll be there, we'll be there. And then you go out and you buy some food, spend a couple hundred bucks on meat because you want it to be nice, maybe some steaks, some ribs, You know, throw some stuff on the barbecue, some veggies for those that like that. Go out and buy booze, of course, because everyone has to have booze at a barbecue, apparently. So, uh, or soft drinks or, you know, desserts and all that kind of stuff. You're spending hundreds, maybe, you know, several hundred, maybe four or five hundred dollars to get this thing together. You put it together, you get your friends to come over and help you. Everybody's uh, putting in all their time and energy. It's now uh, the Saturday afternoon of the barbecue, and people are supposed to be there at three. The neighbors, of course, show up because those two neighbors were the ones that helped you put it together. So they're there for sure. And then, like, an hour goes by, and no one shows up. Maybe another hour goes by, and no one shows up. And it's obvious that no one's coming. And you've spent all this money on building this brand-new patio and spending all this money on food and alcohol and dessert and all the work and the effort that goes into getting it all ready, and no one shows up. Rude, don't you think? Well, that's how food service operators feel in this city, in the GTA. People are making multiple reservations and not showing up. This really pisses me off. Not only is it hard enough for these people in this particular industry to survive through all of this, but then we, as their neighbors, as their patrons, don't have the decency to at least call and say we're not coming, we're going somewhere else, but to just not show up costs them thousands of dollars, who knows how many jobs, and we need to do a better job with this, folks. So if you make a reservation, show up. If not, call. Just have that decency because someday this might happen to you. Anyway, speaking of doing a better job, so you're having a birthday party, right, for your kids in the community area where your building is. And unless you're living in a war-torn country like we see on the news, should you expect to be a victim of gun and gang violence at a child's birthday party? On Saturday, June the 19th, 2021, police responded to a call for a shooting in the area. Police arrived on scene. They found four victims, one a one-year-old boy who'd been treated and released from hospital, a five-year-old girl who's in critical condition, and an 11-year-old boy who's been treated and released. A 24-year-old man has been taken to hospital with injuries and has been arrested. He's 24 years old, charged with discharge firearm intent, possessed restricted of or prohibited firearm with holding a license, without holding a license, and registration certificate possesses loaded regulated firearm. Possessed firearm while prohibited. Um, we have a guest on with me tonight. His name is Superintendent Ron Taverner. He's the superintendent. Overlooks thirty-one division, twenty-three division, and twelve division. Very active areas. A super guy. Uh, a policeman's policeman. A coppers cop for sure. Uh, superintendent, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you. Uh, I, I realize that uh, you're restricted, of course, by talking about the particular event that I shared in terms of the police report. But I do have some some general questions, if you don't mind, sir, to kind of give the, our listeners a, a bit of a, a an idea of kind of where you're coming from or where perhaps policing is coming from. For, I guess the first question I have is, you think this is something we can police our way out of this this horrific crime wave?
1: No, I don't think so. I think this is something that's not just a police problem. It's a community problem. It's, it's something that we really have to have a, a deep look at as as a community and, and see what are the root causes.
0: And are the police engaged in some of these community discussions, do you know? And if so, I mean, are you participating at your level, or kind of how does that happen?
1: Yes, yeah, cer- there's uh, cer- certainly with this particular incident, there's been a huge outcry from, from the community, the local community that uh, – uh, where this incident occurred, and, and the broader community. I mean, people are outraged that something like this could happen at a, at a one-year-old's birthday party, and uh, just just how devastating it is to everybody.
0: So, uh, Superintendent, do you think that um, drugs are, are more of a factor now um, in gun and gang violence than perhaps even 10 years ago?
1: Well, I, I think there's a, a number of things that, you know we have to look at the availability of guns handguns in particular uh it seems that that every day that police are interacting with people that that have guns that are firing guns are, are in possession of illegal guns uh they're on the streets and unfortunately they're being used and and it seems that it's the younger and younger people that have accessibility to these things
0: do you think the internet plays a, a big role uh, these days in the kind of violence that we're seeing? Because obviously we're seeing, uh, we'll get to that in a bit, but uh, in terms of the profile of these younger offenders. But do you think, you know, I, I hear lots of conversations with uh, people about, you know, uh, being chatted up in, in on the internet or called out on the internet or, you know, bullied on the internet or, you know, whatever. It seems to be this all starts with twi- tweeters and twits and whatever they're called, right? Um, do you see that from where you're sitting as well, sir?
1: Well, I, I think that there's all kinds of things going on on uh, social media that, you know, uh, there's no controls over what people say. Uh, they entice people, other people to do things. There's, there's all kinds of uh, uh, things that go on. As we know, it, it, it creates issues and bullying and all, all sorts of uh, uh, activities that are very, very disturbing.
0: And when you guys are when you you as a police force, when you're trying to monitor the activity that's going on out there just to sort of try to maybe get ahead of something going on, I assume that you have some form of i guess i shouldn't assume, but uh, one with uh, one would think that you have a, a cyber division of some sort I'm sure that um, are trying to keep track of some of these uh, conversations and some of the call outs uh, that we see over the net is uh would that be a fair statement
1: yeah, I mean it, you can imagine just how Widespread this is, and how uh, uh, the number of conversa- conversations that go on—that uh, we can't monitor everything, that's for sure. And uh, certainly, if, if there's criminal activity that we're aware of that's going on, yes, that we can, we can look at, you know, internet use, and you know, if it needs to get to the point, we have to get warrants to to obtain uh, individuals' uh, accounts, and that's a. Sort of thing that we—that's what we have to do.
0: I understand that's not so easy to do, though. I understand that uh, even with the uh, policing uh, support and uh, you know government access and so on, still very difficult to access uh, these public uh, um, internet-type forums. Um, sometimes it takes days, if not weeks, right, to get access to that kind of stuff.
1: Ab- absolutely right, and as I said, just just think of the volume of. Uh, you know social media that goes on every day so so we certainly can't monitor everything
0: of course not um is there something you think that the um this kind of an aside is because it's an interesting point is there something you think that needs to be put in place with some of these internet providers so that it makes it easier for police to access or, or at least be alerted to certain uh, signals or words or phrases um so that you could get on top of certain things earlier, like kind of kind of like what they talked about in the States, you know, when the when Trump uh, called people out to come to the Capitol and so on. I mean, it was all being monitored by the FBI and all kinds of people they claim. Um, is it something that we need to do a better job in terms of getting the internet providers and the people on your team better aligned so that they can do a better job quicker?
1: Well, I, I think one of the things that we always have to remember is people's privacy. We're, we're certainly not looking to, to get into people's uh, uh, conversations of, of normal, everyday situations. But certainly when there's criminal activity that's taking place, I think that, that you know, just uh, out of uh, abundance of, of being good citizens, that possibly Internet providers should be considering alerting police of criminal activities, which doesn't happen no
0: and I realize your hands are tied and by the way I think you guys do a an incredible job responding to the stuff that you do uh but let me ask you something um you've been at this game a long time I've looked at your uh, resume and uh, I've I know uh, I know of your of your past and uh you do a work, an, an excellent job why do you why do you feel that or what do you think the reason is that these shooters are getting younger and more brazen they seem to be uh you know under, you know getting to ages where you, you pretty much almost can't can't prosecute them
1: well it, it that is very disturbing there's no doubt about that 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 they are younger and younger and you know I I, I don't think that that anyone can definitively say why that's happening but certainly availability of, of uh, guns is one of the things that that is that's a real issue um, easy money that that comes with some criminal activity, uh, drugs being involved, gangs being involved, all those sorts of things contributed to it, I believe.
0: So i got a minute or so left. Uh, First of all, I I appreciate you very much joining us tonight, and hopefully you'll join us again as time goes on. But I have a quick question for you. If I gave you a magic wand and you were in charge of, uh, you know, somebody gave you a magic wand and said, okay, you can fix this gun violence. What in sort of in a minute or so? What what sort of things go through your mind that you you'd like to put in place if you could?
1: Well, that's that's a very difficult but, but, part.
0: Police policing or not? I'm just saying. Just you, you've now got the key.
1: Yeah, it, I, I, difficult question to answer because you know certainly uh, I don't think there there is a magic wand. Uh, I, I think that this is a long term issue. I think that we can't uh, snap our fingers and. And we'll be out of this issue, but one of the things that we do need is we do need the community to support what's going on. We need people to come forward to tell us what's going on. without information, there's nothing that police can do or anybody can do unless until things happen. so my I guess my magic wand would say having the people you know look at what's going on in their community and come forward and tell us about it so that we can interact and engage before shootings like this one that you we're talking about here occur.
0: I appreciate you joining us, and uh, thank you so much for the insight. Superintendent Ron Taverner, um, uh, a good friend of the community. When we come back, we're going to be talking about some uh, with some fellows here, uh, Louis March and Marcel Wilson, who are actually in those communities, working uh, day by day, hour by hour, trying to help people get through some of these really difficult moments. As soon as we come back, we'll join them and further our discussion. This is Yonah Budd, 640 Toronto. Addiction is a serious issue and we take it seriously. This is Road to Recovery with Yona Bud on 640 Toronto. Okay, and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Yona. I will be your host this evening. Uh, We have a couple of guests on the line that are going to chat with us about uh, the community level of what's going on uh, related to the birthday party shootings, Um, and uh, we're going to get to that in just a second. I can tell you a quick story. I had a show on uh, another network some time ago, and both my guests uh, were actually in studio. My guests that are coming on shortly, Mr. Uh, Louis March and Marcel Wilson, Uh, and we uh, We're all in the studio together and uh, had a couple of uh, teenagers that we brought in for an interview. Marcel, uh, doing his work in one-by-one movement, works with a lot of uh, teens and such at risk, and so does Louis and his organization, Zero Gun Violence movement. So I had, we had this kid in the, in the studio, two of them, uh, one was uh, 15. I think one was 18. Maybe, uh, my guest would know better, but, uh, anyway, we had a conversation and I, on the air, I asked this 15 year old at the time. I said, so, and, and neither kids, by the way, good kids, neither one of them have uh, gang in- involvement. They live in, in, in Toronto housing, uh, areas where you do read about things in the news, uh, c- good, c- good kids, you know, good home Mum, you know, mom's active, uh, you know, parents are good and so on. I asked the 15 year old, I said, so, you know, what do you think you're going to do? Like, what's life going to be like when you're 20, uh, 21? He says, um, I don't think I'm going to live he Says, I don't expect that I'm going to live to 21. I said, well, because of what you're doing. He says, no, just because where I live and, and, and what's going on around me. He says, it's every day when cars come into the parking lot, we have to hide behind the cars because we're not sure who's coming through uh, to do a drive-by. The two guys that help these people on a day-by-day, minute-by-minute basis are Mr. Louis March from Zero Gun Violence Movement, my friend and my brother, and Marcel Wilson, one-by-one One movement, also good friend and a brother. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me tonight. I'm glad to have you uh, on this new show with us.
2: Thanks for having me, Noah. You're Thank you for having
0: me, Yona. Mars Marcel, so nice to hear from you, brother, uh, and Louis as well. Um, really quick, um, really quick, uh, some bunch of questions here for you fellas. Uh, I'll throw it out to you, uh, Louis. First, I know I see you in the in the news all the time, uh, your organization, and uh, on radio, on 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 uh, TV and such. Read you in the paper. Uh, I know you've had a, a bunch of powwows, both you and uh, and Marcel, a lot of powwows with government and so on, getting some funding, getting some private funding. Uh, what kind of headway are you been making in the last uh, couple of years since uh, we were on radio together?
2: In terms of headway, you know, uh, we've fun, finally gotten some of the key stakeholders to the table at one time to talk about a strategic action plan. Uh, whether it's policing, whether it's housing, whether it's public health, whether it's uh, Toronto city people, where it's turned the district school board, we're, we're, they're finally working together. They're trying to work together. It's not in their DNA to work together, but the strategy, the solution to gun violence and dealing with the root causes cannot come from just one element of that equation. So we've seen that recently. So the wheels are turning. Uh, the policing strategy in the community there is an attempt now to change how they police communities. Today, Tavener spoke about the fact that community has to be a critical part of the solution. Well, right? You
0: heard what Ron. Ta- you heard what Ron Tavener had to say, yep, Superintendent yep, Tavener.
2: Yep. Right I'm happy to hear that. But yep. the thing about it, he also mentioned that he wants the community to work closer with the police. But there's a trust issue, right? That needs to be addressed.
0: So are you, making, are you making headway in creating that kind of trust, Marcel? Uh,
2: we've, been, we've been working
3: on it, right? But then there always seems to be what I'll call setbacks. Um, but, I, but I do agree with, uh, with Louis as far as, you know, we're starting to see that forward motion. And all I can, all I can do at this point is, is really hope that it stays glued together. And that really comes from us at the community level.
0: I know you and I have uh, had a conversation in the past numerous times, and Louis as well. Uh, Marcel, there's a period of time where you and some of your guys, uh, some, by the way, Marcel is uh, an ex-gangbanger uh, and has turned his life around and has dedicated his life to uh, mentoring, helping, guiding, teaching, t- speaking in whatever way he can under the tutelage of Louis March years and years ago uh, from Zero Gun Violence Movement. So, Marcel, well, there was a point, point there where you just felt uh, maybe a year, a year and a half ago, you felt like you guys weren't making any progress and like, what the hell are we doing here? um You seem to have a, a rejuvenated uh, drive forward now. That's a good thing to see, right?
3: Yeah, it's good. You know, I mean, we have to keep that 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 feeling alive and 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 pushing forward because if not, you know, it's really easy to burn out and lose hope here. And and we just we we need to, we need to see an end to to the level of violence that we're seeing. So hope is is the main ingredient.
0: Right now, hey Louis, when you put together Zero Gun Violence Movement, what over a decade ago, right? Um, eight
2: eight years on June the 20th, on June the twenty first. There the you go. so
0: congratulations on your anniversary um how how, i didn't buy you anything how is your organization uh, making a difference these days buddy now that you've i mean you've put so much time energy borrowed money your own money whatever uh both of you guys into trying to make this go so i'm going to ask louis first and then uh, i'll ask marcel uh zero gun violence movement i mean is the organization making a difference do you see that it's now catching root and uh impacting uh, the stuff that you're trying to impact
2: one of our first things, Yona, is about education and awareness about gun violence, uh, and we are deliberate about investing time and effort because the stories that you get from police, the narratives you get from police, the media, um, politicians, they sell them the complete story.
0: Right.
2: So it's very difficult to come up with a solution when you only have half of the story being told. Right. So we, do, uh, 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 we invest a lot of time in terms of talking about the root causes, like, like gun violence. Okay, I've got to be careful how I say this. I don't want it to be twisted too badly. Gun violence is not the problem. Gun violence is a reflection of many problems that have not been addressed, not been addressed previously. And it's not only gun violence that we're seeing. We're seeing domestic violence. We're seeing drug addiction. We have seen attempted suicide when people feel ignored, neglected, discriminated against, and left behind. Violence becomes the only option. When that 15-year-old that you interviewed the other day that said, "I didn't think I was going to get to 20 years old,"
0: yeah, you we guys were there all the time. Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So imagine that you've given up on life. Yeah, man. Right before you before you out of diapers. Yeah. Right, and you given up. And what are the conditions in that guy's mind? And how did it get there? Because he was not born that way. Right. So education and awareness, what's really going on. If we continue to do what we're doing, violence, whether it's gun violence, whether it's domestic violence, whether it's drug violence, whatever it has to happen. Right. Right. So education and awareness is big for us.
0: Marcel, you're on the street. Uh, I know Louis is as well, but Marcel Wilson, um, his organization, one by one, they're, they're out there talking to families, working with kids, um, so, buddy, like do you see it you see it like is your stuff starting to catch on, or kids realizing that you you guys are a solution and that there is another option, uh or you' are just sort of cherry picking them the best you can one at a time? Uh, I know it's one by one, but i I know you're trying to spread the message How's that coming buddy
3: well the, you know the the, the proof is sort of in the pudding, as you said, we brought on a few young men that were from Tanridge community, were from the community where this recent shooting happened with, with these children. And one of the things that were pointing it to me that the, that the young man said that day, aside from what you pointed out, was that they weren't involved in the gang activity and, not, and whatnot. But what they did point out was they said that it was how, they pointed out how easy it was that they could be pushed down that route. And how that, thing, how that happens is by incidents like we just seen. And then all the work that we've put in you know, since 2019 in that particular area, because we couldn't get the stakeholders to the table, because we couldn't get the support that we needed, it, 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 it's, it's much slower than it needed to be. And here's the results. This kind of thing is the kind of thing that that young man warned all your listeners could happen yeah. that could push him into that lifestyle. So that's the kind of those are the kind of challenges we're facing right now.
0: So I see lots of media around money and political support and, you know, Uh, people talking about, you know, giving, you know, making commitments and dollars here. We have a, we have a little article here. Let me just uh, pull this up where uh, uh, TCHC just uh, brought on a new CEO. His name is Jag Sharma. Um, It's a, by the way, TCHC has a $10 billion asset within the city. Um, He takes over from Kevin Marshman, who is retired. Marshman was making $345,000 a year working for uh, TCHC. Just Toronto Community Housing. Um, you know, this guy, I'm sure, is going to make the same, and probably, you know, that's what that job pays. Uh, but they're talking about, uh, you know, race equality and all that kind of stuff within TCHC uh, and all the things that this person is going to bring to the table. He says young men, uh, young black men said they felt harassed and targeted, treated like criminals in their units, like no kidding. Uh, but here's what I, I'm kind of focusing on as TCHC New Sharma will also oversee the Center for Advancing the Interests of Black People part of the TCHC board's recently approved strategy to confront anti-black racism the center has a budget of 1.2 million this year and 2.2 million next year anybody ask you guys if that's how you want the money spent
2: not me you know something, you know something uh,
0: Jonah? uh money is
2: being I'm here, spent bro- I'm here brother yeah the, the money is being spent but is it the right money at the right time in the right places
1: right right
2: so so you had the shooting in uh, Tandridge. Right. The community was in an uproar. They were terrorized. They were traumatized. Right? They needed immediate attention. They didn't need another meeting to discuss the problems because everybody knew what the problems were. Marshall yeah, has uh, articulated of- them very well. Like, I've heard the same problems yeah. articulated in Falstaff, in Lawrence Heights, in Parmacourt, in Chesterly. We can go across the city yeah people are saying the same thing over and over and over again and when these people get to the table to say what took place and what do you need there's nothing new coming to the table is what we're we're not spending the money in the right places and engaging the right people that's what you're saying
0: Marcel you want to jump in here you got a minute before we go to break and then hopefully you guys will stick around and come back yeah Um, you got a minute before break Uh, you want to address the same subject please
3: well, you know, like I told, like I told you, man. Like I'm boots on the ground. I, I've been in contact with the families uh, ever since the incident happened. You know, the the family of the 11 year old and the family of the five year old are not receiving any support or supports that they're supposed to. So there there's there's budgets, there's funding out there. There are people making uh, uh, um, you know great pay, but are are not getting the job done. So. We act as a voice. Right now, I'm acting as a voice for those families. We're angry, we're upset, and they're terrified. We need help. They need help. Now.
0: So just hold there, and uh, everybody go get a drink, go do what you got to do, go use the bathroom. We're going to be back in just a minute to continue our conversation with Louis March, Zero-Gun Violence uh, Movement and Marcel Wilson One-By-One One Movement, my brothers. I'm proud of both of them, pleased to call them family. When we come back, guys, I'm going to ask you the question, how do you confront or comfort, excuse me, how to comfort a family uh, like the ones that you're talking to based on what it is you know? So just think on that for a minute, and uh, we'll be right back. Yonabud, 640 Toronto.
1: You're listening to Road to Recovery with
0: Yona Bud, only on 640 Toronto. Okay, I hope you guys uh, had a good break. By the way, it's 1035. You know where your children are, your loved ones, your pets. If you don't, you need to go find them. If you can't find them, give us a call right here, right now, 416-870-6400. Love to hear from you. And if you want to give us a, send us some messages through the reek road to recovery at 640toronto.com. And, uh, we'll, uh, we'll respond to you. Uh, Louis March, Zero Gun Violence Movement and Marcel Wilson one by one. We're back and having our conversation. So the, uh, when I left, uh, go to break fellas, I, I start, we'll start with, uh, Marcel just, uh, cause I always start with Louis. So we'll start with Marcel. How, how do you comfort? a family like the one you're working with right now, Marcel, how do you do that when you know they're not getting what they need to get and they're frustrated and they're pissed off and, you know, just more red tape and so on. How do you comfort a family like that?
3: Well, the, the, the truthful answer there is you, you, you don't, you know, um, all, all you can really do is explain that, you know, we're here, we're here for you and we're going to advocate and we're going to fight for you, you know? So coming on shows like this, uh, you know, we 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 lobby to local politicians. We uh, are trying to get resources to the families. So that's really all we can do as far as comfort goes. There's no comfort, you know. There there there's anger. There's fear. That's all there is.
0: Louis, how do you how do you, you you've been doing this forever? How do you talk to a family that's either lost a child or been horribly injured, similar to what we're looking at now?
2: It's just as Marshall says. Look. When the shooting took place, I got a phone call from Marcel asking for help in terms of resources, money. He was looking to get food for the family. He was looking to get pampers for the babies. He was looking to get a place for them to sleep the night. He's the one that I got the first phone call from in terms of somebody that was out there trying to mobilize support for that family. The city is still having a meeting to discuss what they're going to do.
0: What about victims of crime? Isn't there a whole? There's a whole thing. I attended a a policeman's ball a few years ago. They raised all kinds of money for victims of crime. Don't they support this kind of thing, guys?
3: I could speak on that. Um, I I know that the family of the 11-year-old had a conversation. I believe it was today, and they were told that they will be told next week whether they are eligible. While the 11-year-old is sitting in bed, terrified, and a bullet, I believe, in his arm, is told that next week. They'll be they'll be told if they're eligible for help. Meanwhile, we're, we're siphoning money into these organizations, and 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 ones like mine and Louis have to fight every day for funding.
0: Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna build a black a, 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 some what do I call it a a black uh, improvement community center or whatever I, I did not using the right term uh but you know they're gonna put, the, the TCHC is putting you know a couple million bucks into building this new center of excellence um someone needs to get on like like uh i'm frustrated now because i'm hearing your frustration and i just want to figure out something i can do to help but you know like louie you've talked to the mayor you've got the ear of, of of uh of Tory. you've you've had you know you you had a, a couple of sessions i know marcel you've got you know your ears uh with um with uh, um with ford uh, young ford um you know th- like you've got have access to politicians are they just not taking your calls when you call them to say hey listen i need help now or just like how is that going? Like what and what can I do to help?
2: Well, I think uh what Toronto Community Housing is doing for a long term plan, that's good. But what Marcel is saying and what I'm saying is that these kids need help now. They need help yesterday, not two years down the line when they build something. I was at the meeting that they had with the community, the police, Toronto Community Housing, uh city, people, and so on. And they was taking notes as the tenants and the people that were traumatized were speaking. What they said, Yona, was the same thing that we've been hearing in other communities that has been going on for years. And every time an incident happens and these people show up as bureaucrats, civil servants, politicians, or whoever they are, right, they act as though this is a surprise to them. So it's not that they do not know, they keep acting as though this is new to them. But I swear, if you go to the minutes of the meeting that was held in Lawrence Heights in Fallstaff after the shootings there, the same thing that the tenants and the community were talking about were raised there, right? In terms of you don't listen to us, you don't engage us, you don't do this, you don't do that, and they go back and they take notes and they say, okay, we're going to do something about it. And we come, we we're still waiting.
3: Right. Why not support the groups? That are already out there doing this yeah
0: we've you know, had we this conversation cut- before they're, they're trying to reinvent the wheel we saw. we thought you know i remember uh marcel you and i went to speak uh to uh young ford uh, uh um and when we uh went to see him counselor ford uh, went to see his, his office with you and your partner, and uh, you know he was going to do all this and do all that, and doesn't appear that much has happened. We've got a we've got a minute left, guys, and um, and of course we're going to have you back on, uh, Marcel. If you maybe you and I will talk about getting the uh, some of the family on so they get a voice. Uh, maybe next week we can talk about it. Uh, but before we do go to break, um, I do want to do what I can do to help. Uh, I'm glad to provide some grocery money for the family. So if you guys get a hold of me after the show, we'll we'll send you a transfer and see what I can do to to make a little bit of a difference but i want you guys to know something before we do uh, end this clip and uh, go on to to other stuff and 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 more shows and so on together Uh, as long as i've got a a microphone you got a voice so whatever opportunity we can provide you on this station in my slot to give you and your community and the people that you represent and support a voice um that's you you know this is a home for you uh real quick question before we go to break um i'll give you both 30 seconds to answer it um if you were in charge of fixing the mess how would you do it in a thirty seconds or less, I know it's tough to do, but I, th-
2: I think in terms of the mess, Yona, there has to be accountability. You can't continue to say you're going to do this and don't do it. You can't continue to spend money, set up programs and resources where the community has not been engaged, right? And expect things to change. So if I if I had the key, accountability, and also a review of the resources, supports, and services that you currently have, which ones are working and which ones are not working and have, have an honest discussion, and then cut the ones that are not working, and then amplify the ones that are working.
0: That's Marcel? Right. So
3: I agree with Louis. Evaluation, and then for me, the main, the main ingredient is community first. Only the community knows the answers and has the solutions to fix their own problems. And they're all micro-problems. Regent Park is different than Tanridge. Uh, Tanridge is different than, than Lawrence Heights. Let the people, involve the people in the development, and the implementation of programs, fund them, support them. They they have the answers.
0: Louis March, Zero Gun Violence Movement. Marcel Wilson, One by One Movement. Good friends, my brothers. Uh, keep the peace out there, guys. Do the best you can. Blessings to you both. Thank you for joining us, and we'll hope to have you back on soon. When we come back, we're going to talk to a psychiatrist who specializes in adolescent uh, psychopathy and talks about uh, why people, why young people do bad things like this. Yona Bud, 6:40, Toronto. Welcome back to Road to Recovery with Yona Budd, only on 640 Toronto. Okay, welcome back. I appreciate it. Uh, We're now going to go to my uh, conversation with Dr. Rita Merzer. He's a psychiatrist, adolescent psychiatrist in London, Ontario. Uh, Dr. Merzer, welcome, and uh, hope you're doing well.
4: Thank you, uh, Jonah, and I am involved. Okay, terrific. So let's get right to it. We're really talking about the
0: birthday uh, birthday party shooting, Um, and I guess my first question to you is similar to, that of the last time we chatted, what motivates a young person? You know, uh, I think this person was in their early 20s. What, what in, you know, motivates someone that young to, to be brazen enough to shoot into a crowd like that?
4: Well, uh, Jonah, it started before the shooting because you had to have people carrying loaded guns in Toronto, first of all, which is like completely illegal in Canada, right? Correct. So so the problem didn't start with the shooting. The started, problem started way before the shooting. And I don't think the issue was the kids. The kids were just basically, unfortunately, uh, bystanders.
0: Correct.
4: Because some people, like uh, th- th- there's a personality disorder called antisocial personality disorder. Okay. And it's very common in jails. Like seventy percent of people have this disorder in jail. But in the oh. community, the rate is around zero point two to three percent. Okay. Okay. So these guys, a part of the criteria for antisocial personality is to have uh, like a reckless disregard for the safety of others. Okay. So I think based on what I read from the newspaper, it sounds like there were two, at least two young men with loaded firearms, who got into a disagreement around 8pm, and then they just pulled out their uh, guns uh, and started shooting indiscriminately.
0: So let me ask you something. How do you identify? You said earlier this started long before the shooting. Um, yeah. how, how are we able to identify this type of behavior kind of ahead of a tragedy? You know, we always seem to read uh, little psych, you know, psychological blurbs or psychiatric reviews um, of shooters, <coughs> excuse me, mass shooters and such. Um, and, and they talk about things that led up to it and, and certain signals. How how are we able to identify this perhaps as a society or perhaps as a community? How do we do a better job of of identifying this kind of behavior in a young person ahead of a tragedy like this?
4: So uh, like the human beings have two basic uh, things that uh, start off. I mean, we're all born as babies, you know, laughing and, you know, going to the bathroom on ourselves and all those kind of things. Right. And then we are born with a certain set of genetics and then the environment teaches us how to behave. Right. So I grew up in Pakistan and learned a certain way of behavior while other people may have grown up other places. My family taught me a few things such as respect for others, uh, asking nicely, kindness and I was never abused and never mistreated. So I never learned to abuse or mistreat others. So it actually starts really early. So there is the genetic component because certain genetic Probands have more aggression than others. That so just runs in the family. Okay? okay. And then the environment causes your DNA to express itself because I can be violent too. I'm sure if I was put in a condition where my life was in danger, I would probably fight, but not before that. Right. Okay. So this happens. A lot of these young men have not had predictable, reliable childhoods with consistency. Uh, A lot of these kids have early histories of poor impulse control, reactivity, problems with aggression and anger management, right? Now, when kids are abused, they can go two ways. Half the kids, well, I'm saying half, it's not exactly half, but a lot of kids turn on themselves. These are the kids who get depressed, anxious, PTSD and self-harm, right? And there are other people who get angry, hostile, aggressive and harm other people. Okay. So, and you can start seeing these patterns fairly early. You can see aggression towards people and animals, destruction of property, deceitfulness, theft, and violation of rules. That's where it starts. Okay.
0: Good. So, let me ask you something. If that's the case, what do you think? Like, we're, we're finding that the, the shooters are now getting younger, more brazen, uh, less less uh, less likely to fear consequences. Where is that coming from? Is that just coming from a, a life of kind of giving up and figuring you've got nothing much to lose or that jail actually might be a uh, you know, badge of honor for a lot of young people, as, as we hear in the jails, that that seems to be the case. So what, what, what do you think is driving the, the, younger, the younger folks, that they're getting younger, 14-year-old, 15-year-old, 16-year-old shooters uh, and, and much more brazen? Where does that lack of fear of repercussion come from?
4: Okay. So first of all, human beings do things in cycles, right? Uh, so for example, there was this guy named Billy the Kid, who was a gunslinger. That's about what 150 years ago. Yep. And he was a kid, right? Yep. So these things happen based on how society's rules and regulations and how we treat people changes. right? Yep. So like Canada, uh, I wasn't here 100 years ago, but I'm sure it was way and markedly different in the 1920s than it is right now. And the expectations were different. And it's really important to be kind to people, be respectful to people, but also have a backbone, be assertive, right? And be straightforward. And it's really important to be kind to these kids who have grown up in these adverse circumstances, but also have a backbone when dealing with them. Because a lot of these kids who go on to develop antisocial personality disorder, they consider kindness to be a weakness if you're just nice to them. Um, it's really important to be kind to them because they've already been abused so much, Jonah. Why would we abuse them more? But right. yeah. it's also important to be assertive and tell hey. them what the rules are.
0: So when we, my next question is, what can we put in place? And I think you kind of answered that. I think more structure, more rules, more, more a better understanding of consequences, perhaps. Is that the type of stuff you're talking about?
4: Yeah, as well as kindness. Kindness. So
0: you think kindness is something we need to teach our kids more than we are today? And, and, you know, is that something you think we've just lost in the household these days?
4: Uh, We need to teach kindness to adults. Have you seen Twitter lately? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, forget the kids. I mean, the kids are just learning from us. Yeah. How do we treat each other?
0: that's a whole nother show that hopefully we're going to have you back on And You'll come back and we'll talk about, you know, why as adults we're, we're, we're doing such bad things and teaching our kids to do the same. Listen, we, we've got only a little bit left. Um, and I know you've got, you know, patients to see and so on. I have one more real you know, question for you. Um, I know that you're, you know, your your understanding of the, uh, you understand the seriousness of, of gun violence and youth and gang gun violence and so on. If you were given the, the magic wand, if you will, and I gave you the opportunity to be in charge of creating some kind of fix for this. Any ideas what you would do around gun violence and uh, how it's affecting our youth and communities at large?
4: I'll start off by copying Boston from 1996. They had a lot of public shootings with teenage uh, gang members doing a lot of public shootings and, uh, and innocent people getting shot. So what they did was a targeted approach. They approached the gang members that they knew were already in gangs. And they gave them a very simple message that if you do gang business behind doors like and be you know be gangsters that's fine and we would have business as usual You'll, the da would treat you the same the police would do the same thing and the legal system would do the same thing but the moment you came and you did gang business in the public sphere the da said to these guys now we have a serious problem and they used social workers and outreach workers to put this message out and they said that if if innocent bystanders get hurt then they'll throw every single book they can think of on the perpetrator. And that had a reduction in crime. The number of guns didn't reduce in Boston. The number of gang members didn't reduce, but they started doing gang business in private.
0: So basically we'll turn our we'll turn our cheek the other way, just keep it off the streets and out of our communities.
4: Well, we won't turn the cheek the other way. We'll keep doing what we were doing normally under normal circumstances I see. if okay, we so catch I see. you. I see. If we catch you under normal circumstances, then it would be the normal legal, things that are happening, business as usual. But if you hurt innocent people, now we have a huge problem. That's what the DAs, the judges, the police, the social workers told these identified gang members. The Toronto police know who these gang members are. They don't know every single one of them, but I'm sure they know a lot of them.
0: Dr. Rita Mirza was a pre-taped interview, and uh, he's just a great guy. He's a good resource for us, uh, and we thank him for his time. You know, um, listen, man, you know, this is um – how would you fix the gun violence thing? You know, let me know. Road to recovery at 640toronto.com. If you have an opinion, road to recovery at 640toronto.com. Send me a, an email. We'll take it up next week when we're, when we're back on the show. You know, how would you fix this thing if you were given the key or given the magic wand? Because he learned just kids in challenged neighborhoods, by the way. These are your kids. These are your neighbor kids, too. Because in the last five years in my, my practice, my youth practice, I see a big increase And kids that come from high-income neighborhoods, that come from, quote-unquote, good homes, you know, mom and dad in the home, so on and so forth. And they're out hanging out with these kids that don't come from the same place, that are coming from Toronto housing communities. They're attracted to each other. And as a result of that, it's your kids that are potentially at risk. It's your kids. That might end up carrying a gun just to prove that they're a big shot in a group. It's your kids that go to these communities to to some of these communities to buy their drugs. It's your kids that go to some of these communities to try to find weapons and so on. It's not all just kids from these neighborhoods. Because these neighborhoods, ladies and gentlemen, my friends, I love you. You're the greatest audience ever. Pay attention to me. This stuff spills over, man. It's not just in a in one section. You know, last year there were shootings, and the last time Yorkdale was open, I don't remember, 2019, 2020, whenever Yorkdale was open, there's shootings going on there, too. And there's all kinds of gang-related activity going on there, too. And by the way, they're not all just gang members from those local neighborhoods. They're kids that think they want to be gang members, too. It's a cool thing to do. So pay attention. It's not just those kids. It's our kids, neighbors' kids, kids that go to school with your kids. They're attracted to the action. They're attracted to the chaos. So if you think it's just something happening out there, you really need to pay attention. What I think you need to do is volunteer or donate money. You need to reach out to one-by-one movement, right, or zero-gun violence movement. Ask them how you can help. Ask them how much money they need. Send checks, $100, $50, $20. Whatever you can do is going to make a difference. Believe me. And remember, love the one you're with. Hug your kids. Make sure they know that you love them. Make sure that they know that they matter. Not just your kids, everyone in your life. We're going to see you next week. You've got a whole bunch more stuff to do. Have a great week out there. Make it safe. Make it fun. Make it real. This is Jonah Budd, 640 Toronto.